and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on a really busy Monday tournament talk. ASU, U of A, GCU in. The brackets are set. Just saw a picture of ASU on their way to Dayton, which Let's is like go. their home away from home. Of course, you got the Corbin Carroll news, which broke over the weekend. We talked about that free agency and the frenzy has started today. So far, the Cardinals, nothing. All is very, very, very quiet from the Cardinals while players are signing. The Cardinals have got not, not gotten involved. Then, of Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. Jimmy probably Garoppolo some of the, the bigger news with uh, the big name player. John Hargrave to the 49ers. He's a beast. Making Bears, defense. Bears. Got Edmonds. Loading up. Absolutely. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting the Raiders are going to sign Eagles safety Marcus Epps. He's another Man, former. They're losing a lot of players and none of them are following Jonathan Gannon. You know, there was kind of a wondering would those players follow him. Then, of course, there's the Suns, who are in the midst of maybe the most brutal three games in four-day stretch they're going to have all season. They lost to Sacramento Saturday at home. Then they've got Golden State on the road tonight. Of course, Golden State's been lights out at home. Then they've got the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow on the second night of a back-to-back. I think the Bucks are playing tonight, too. Ooh, so maybe they'll rest they'll, the guys they'll tomorrow. They'll also be on the second night of a back-to-back. So who plays tonight? Who plays tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see. Cambo, the other thing for the Suns, just in addition to the three and four that they've got, this was not a good weekend for them in terms of what happened around them, no, right? Not only did they lose to Sacramento to fall four games behind the Kings, Sacramento's 40 and 26, the Suns are 37 and 30, and Sacramento's what, 8 and 1 since the All-Star break? 8 and 1 Playing, since the All-Star just, break. Team just keeps winning. Memphis beats Dallas, 112-108, so they move to 40 and 26. They're also four games ahead of the Suns. What happened? No John Morant, no Clark, no Steven Adams is supposed to lose basketball. Basketball games. Yeah. Desmond Baines lighting it up like they're playing good ball. Memphis won that game against Dallas. The Clippers beat the Knicks, so they get to 36 and 33. And in Golden State, they beat the Bucks to go to 35 and 33. So not a good weekend. I mean, everybody that you kind of hope loses, they all won. So the teams in front of the Suns won. And the teams directly behind them, they won as well. So you can just see everything's, you know, just, you know, the gaps widening between the Suns and the top teams, but it's getting closer between them and the bottom and, teams. And that's, and that's the, th- I don't know what I'm worried about more. In fact, I, oh, you know what? I say that I know exactly what I'm worried about more. I'm not so much worried the gap widening between two and four or three and four. I'm worried about the gap narrowing between four and five or four and six. And really, if we're being honest about it, four and seven. Now, the Suns still have a ways to go before any kind of thoughts of a play-in tournament or even losing home court advantage. They still have a two-game lead over the L.A. Clippers. But that's, you know, they're inching closer and closer. Now, you said at the beginning of the show, and I agree with you, at the end of the day, if Kevin Durant is healthy going into the playoffs, okay, take your chances. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's why, like, if they lose all three of these games, I'm not going to, like, be upset. Like, I'm not. Like, Norm, if they had Kevin Durant and they lost all three, okay. But it's hard to judge. Like, you can't really judge the Phoenix Suns the way they're playing right now because they don't have Kevin Durant. So it's it's very difficult. To me, I don't really care that much about Now, I, you said something that makes sense. I If they got to the play-in game, I'd be worried. Sure. I'd be worried too. Um, My biggest fear is just Kevin Durant being able to stay healthy for four playoff series over a seven-week period where he's got to play potentially 24 basketball games and you're playing a lot of every other day because he's 
34 years old. He hasn't done that in five years, by the way. He hasn't played an entire four playoff series in five years. Mm-hmm. The last time he did it, he was in his 20s. Now he's 34. So a little worried about that. But as far as the seedings and losing these games and stuff, I don't really think it matters. I'm, I'm not going to get too high or too low on it because you're, you're without Kevin Durant. The only thing that matters is Durant. Durant comes back healthy. Then when he does, we're not going to look. Durant comes back healthy the last four or five games of the season. We're not going to be like, oh, remember that stretch where they lost three in a row? That's not going to matter. It doesn't matter. No, no, it's not. And and I'm I'm trying not to be too overly concerned about falling into the play-in tournament. I really don't think that's going to happen. No, it would be hard. But I, I do just want to point out that the Suns right now are exactly in the middle between going rising above and going as high as the two seed and dropping down to the seven seed. They're, they're, they're the exact same distance away from both. They're three and a half games away from two. They're three and a half games away from seven. Right? So they're kind of... They're in the, and chances are they'll stay in the middle of those two and they'll end up as the four seed or the five seed or things like that. And it doesn't matter. I just, with each loss, if they start to trickle down closer to that play in tournament, I would get a little concerned about that just because in a one game scenario, you simply don't know what's going to happen. It scares the hell out of you. It does. It a does. one game scenario scares the hell out of you. We just keep using the Portland example because it's Damian Lillard, who's very capable for, of, of going for 50 to 60 and knocking somebody out. Okay, but I mean, it's not just the Damian Lillard theory. You could play Minnesota in the first round. Anthony Edwards could go nuts. You could play the Dallas Mavericks in the first and round. Luka and Luka goes nuts. And Luka goes nuts. Or Kyrie goes nuts. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's all. you could play the Lakers in the play-in. And LeBron and Anthony Davis are back. And you have a one-game situation against them. Who the hell It's dangerous. Knows? It's dangerous. And, yeah. and so I just, you're still a ways away from any alarms over that. I, I think really the alarming thing about Saturday was how poorly they defended in that game. They were awful defensively against Sacramento. Especially especially Ross, Terrence Ross, who Monty had to take out because he just wasn't, he doesn't defend. You know, he adds a lot of shooting, but he doesn't add a lot of defense. But yeah, they, they struggled defensively throughout that game. What Sacramento was doing is De'Aaron Fox is just so slick and so smooth that they just they, they just want to get, right now when, you, when you're playing the Suns, you want to get a Kogi off of whoever the primary ball handler is. So you're setting a screen and you'll say, I'll take my chance with anybody else. I'll take my chance with Torrey Craig on me. So one of the biggest plays of the game against Sacramento was De'Aaron Fox hitting a basket over Torrey Craig but he, initially it was a Kogi guarding him and they got the switch, right? They set the pick, they got the switch and it ended up being Torrey Craig. So you're seeing that a lot right now. Kogi's a good defensive player. But when you look at the rest of the team, Chris Paul is not a good defensive player anymore. And Devin Booker's not really a good defensive player. And Torrey Craig's okay, but so you're back to the, like, Sean Marion sons. You got this one defensive player who's really good, and and, and you're you're able to get off of that guy. So teams are looking to get off, you know, get off of having a Kogi guard their top guy. Yeah, the Terrence Ross thing, I mean, look, we were, we talked about what the Sun should do in the buyout market, and clearly they convinced Ross to come here when he had other options. I think he was supposed to go to what Dallas, if I remember right. Yes, it was Dallas. Talked about it. Okay, you are seeing, and I will freely admit that I was a big advocate of the Suns going into the buyout market. You're seeing the problem now with the buyout guys, right? And while I'm still glad the Suns did something because they just give themselves options come playoff time. If Terrence Ross is defending, I mean, he becomes liability, such a liability out there. And you have to use him very carefully if you're Monty Williams, right? Like right now, you're using him because you don't 
don't have Kevin Durant, he's out there for a lot of those minutes because he can fill it and he can score. And he scored the basketball very well. But come playoff time, you have to be very measured and very careful about how you're using Terrence Ross because he is a significant liability out there for them. Yeah, and I don't disagree. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of high-scoring games in the playoffs. The Suns, you know, especially with losing McHale, they're not a they're not a defensive juggernaut. They can play defense. They got like Kevin Durant is is a good defensive player too because of the size and his length. He's a good defensive player. But you're going to get into shootouts with a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. And you know you've got Golden State tonight. L- let's see how they score the ball. I mean Curry's been on fire since he came back. I mean he's averaging 33. Then you play Milwaukee. Now I don't know who Milwaukee's going to play tomorrow. But remember this on Milwaukee, they're only a game and a half ahead of the Celtics for the top record in the West. They do not want to do a seven game series that starts in Boston. They want to hold on to that home court advantage and it's very, very close. So Milwaukee's, you know, they don't have any margin forever. They need to win games too. Yeah, no doubt about it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, first let me remind you, we I know you know it, the madness tips off this Thursday. With it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. It's presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Text the word BUCKS to 620-620. Fill out your bracket Compete in the madness. Again, text the word Bucks to 620-620. Trade went down over the weekend in the NFL, and it really pulls the rug out from under the Cardinals fans, hoping for good value for D-Hop. We will explain next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Thank you, as always, for letting us keep you company on this Monday afternoon or whenever you're listening to us via the podcast. You know we appreciate it. The uh, NFL free agency is well underway. Of course, teams and players aren't officially allowed to sign until Wednesday, but we all know what a farce that is. Most of these most of these it's deals. It's a farce. It's a farce. It really Fake. is. It is, a, it is a true farce when it comes to the NFL to think that Free agency legal tampering opened today at 9 a.m. And that within, what, 10 minutes, deals were done? Oh, you negotiated a deal that quickly, did you? I mean, obviously, there's back-channel stuff going Mm. on here. All is very quiet from the Arizona Cardinals. There's been nothing so far. And that includes, I might add, a DeAndre Hopkins trade. That has not happened yet. Okay. And I kind of thought that was going to happen before, and maybe it still will, before Wednesday. But something happened over the weekend that certainly could impact this, and that was Jalen Ramsey getting traded from the Rams to the Miami Dolphins for a third-round pick and a tight end. A third-round pick for Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the game. Mm-hmm. Got a third-rounder. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes, so makes you, you rethink things a little bit if you're the Cardinals, perhaps. I mean, not- maybe, maybe. Um, I, I'd have to look at the cornerback market in free agency and compare it to the wide receiver market. The wide receiver market's terrible. If you want a top cor- uh, wide receiver that's available, the only one is DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to get anybody in free agency. So, like, if you want a number one wide receiver, you've got to call the Arizona Cardinals because uh, I don't know how else you're getting him now. You know, the the Rams were kind of desperate to move off of some contracts mm-hmm. and things like that. So the Rams, even by trading him, they're taking $19.6 million of dead money on their cap and then they're saving about 5 or $6 million. But he played he played really well. I'm curious, too. I mean, I, I when you sent the, the email today and was looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, that is interesting. 
You know, would they, could that affect DeAndre Hopkins? And because, and I'll tell you this right now, if it, if, if, if somebody doesn't want to give the Cardinals a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to hold on to him until the trade deadline. And I'm going to hope that somebody has an injury or somebody becomes desperate because they've got a wide receiver. It's like, I'll hold on to him. Don't you have to restructure the contract, though? Can't With Hopkins? It. Yeah, you can't you have can try to restructure it. $31 million cap hit. You can, restru- you can try to restructure it with him. Yeah. But I don't think that I just give him up for a like a third or a fourth round pick. Yeah. Just to get off of it, I'd rather... If you, there comes a point when you just don't know if it's worth getting rid of him. Honestly, what you just said a second ago really resonates, though. Why the, why the Cardinals maybe might be able to stick their guns on this one. There are no great free agents out there at the wide receiver position. Odell None. Beckham Jr. is really... I don't want to say he's the only one. Juju there are others. Smith, but it's just, not a good class. It's not a good class. It's not a good class for free agent wide receivers. And so, I mean, you just saw DJ Moore get you know part of that big deal that happened on Friday before we left the air, the number one trade getting, or the number one pick getting traded to, to Carolina. The cornerback market is a little more saturated in free agency. I saw where Jamel Dean, he's re-signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Peterson got a two-year deal with the Steelers. What corners available than wide receivers? Right, where if you like, want what wide receiver signed with anybody today? Uh, has any like has any prominent uh, wide receiver Mitch, signed? Do you know any prominent wide receivers who have signed today? I can't think no, of any. No, but cornerbacks. There's, there's, a, yeah, there's nope. a few different cornerbacks. Yeah. So the Cardinals. Uh, it, it, Jeremy Fowler reported over the weekend the Cardinals are seeking quote hefty compensation close quote. They want a premium day two pick and more, according to Jeremy Fowler. Well, that is not what the Rams got for Jalen Ramsey. They got an okay day two pick, number seventy seven overall in the third round, and they got a tight end. They didn't get premium value, but I think you're right. I think at the wide receiver position, it's a little bit different because the market is so empty. There's nobody out there. That's why, and you mentioned it, that's why DJ Moore was traded. That's why the Bears got DJ Moore in that trade with Carolina. Let's let's get ourselves a good good wide receiver. We'll take less in the draft compensation. We'll get a guy that's had three. He's young. He's 24, 25 years old. He's had 3,000-yard seasons. So I'm just looking now. I mean, there's a lot of cornerbacks. I don't really see any wide receivers that I'm looking at right now that have gone. And I think that just proves the point. Like, there isn't – I only have one wide receiver so far out of, out of 50 players signing that's a wide receiver. Who you got? Who is it? I just saw it a second ago. I think it was with the Texans. Robert Woods, two years, oh, yeah. $15 million deal. That happened over the weekend. Yep. Robert Woods, two years, $15 million with the Texans. I forgot about that one. That that one that would happen over the weekend. So maybe the Cardinals are still in a position to get what they want for DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they're holding. I, I Look, teams, teams should be very interested. There was that suggestion on Friday when the trade came down that maybe the Carolina Panthers would now. I mean, you look at their wide receiving core. It's next to nothing with DJ Moore. Now, I know they're going to have a rookie quarterback there, but certainly a soft landing spot for a rookie quarterback quarterback would be to have a DeAndre Hopkins there to help out with that. The other thing with free agency that we're all kind of waiting on is to see does Byron Murphy go anywhere? Does Zach Allen go yeah, anywhere? Two prominent Cardinals. Do those things happen today? You know, like I, I, I keep expecting any minute we're going to hear that breaking news sound or that Mitch is going to fire off and it's going to be because Zach Allen's going to the Denver Broncos? Something like that. Or Byron Murphy's going to the fill in the blank. I just, I have a feeling it's coming and it might come before the end of our show that one or both of those guys have agreed to terms. I mean, especially at this point, Zach Allen has become, and I think 
for both guys, we're going to be shocked at how much money we're talking about. Shocked. Like Christian Kirk level sticker shock. Oh, my God. He got how much kind of thing. I think we're going to get that with both of those guys. Yeah. I, 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 what was the number last year that somebody pegged for Murph? We were like, oh, my God. It was um, 16 million a 16 year. 16 million a year was Rappaport, Palacero. I can't remember which one over at the NFL Network had said that he he thinks they did a list of seven free agents primed to get way more than we think they should. And he had Byron Murphy getting $16 million right. a year. Right. You know, and it feels like it feels like that one could be that one could be coming. So the Cardinals, we continue to wait and see. We continue to wait and see if they're going to do anything with Hop. We continue to wait and see, you know, Ethan Posick, is, he's off the market now, the center for Cleveland. He's decided to resign with Cleveland. Some of the backup quarterbacks that maybe you were thinking of have landed elsewhere. Not Jacoby Brissett. No, Mike White went to the Dolphins. Mike White went to the Dolphins. Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum went to the Texans. Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold went to the 49ers. Yep. Jarrett Stidham went to the Broncos. 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 Yeah, good memory. Yeah, he went yeah. to the Broncos. Jacoby Brissett, I still think, is the desired target out there. At least I would hope for the Yeah, Cardinals. he's big money, though, for a backup. Yes, because he's he going to be a potential starter, too. Like, so he's, you're not going to get him for, and I, you know, my Mike White's contract was was very interesting too because he got like seven eight million dollars a year, like that's top end backup quarterback money. Like that's high end backup quarterback money for a guy who's had like a couple of good games, but overall he's like two and five as a starter or something like that. You know? So, it, but Brissett to me, I mean, you know, I wonder if that could approach ten million for Brissett or more. Like he's a good football player. Wow. I mean, if you want somebody to replace Kyler Murray, that gives you a chance to win games. Jacoby Brissett gives you that opportunity. He does. He does. It, it, maybe. Maybe he's too good at it, you know. Maybe they, maybe they're they're planning on next year being kind of a reset year, both in terms of the pick and everything else. They, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't want a quarterback that good. But you just wonder about next year and what they realistically think. And I think that's partly too why it explains how quiet it's been today for the Cardinals. I think realistically they know this season's not really going to be their season, right? This is not. They're not going to spend big right they, now. They shouldn't. They I don't shouldn't. want them to. No, they need. If you've got a certain amount of money to spend, you want to fill a lot of holes. And a lot of times you have to wait a day or two, let the dust settle, let players start, you know, okay, nobody signed me and my agent told me I was going to have all this interest and that team went with a different player and that team went with a different player and then the price comes down. I mean, that's what the Cardinals usually do. Yeah, I mean, they're not usually shopping in the big man, the big guy's store. They, they usually wait it out a few days and let the dust settle and then get guys when the prices start no, to come down. but they do also, and this was something they got into a routine habit of doing under Steve Kime, some big, bold off-season move. Right. Yeah, usually be a trade. Well, I mean, J.J. Watt was a free agent signing, J.J. Right? was a free agent But yeah, the yep. hop was a trade, and you know, Kyler Murray was obviously the number one pick, and they got off of Josh Rosen. But yeah, a lot of times it is a trade, and we are, and we're going to go through that, by the way, coming up in a little bit. All the different scenarios now for the Cardinals and the draft. Oh, my gosh. There's an embarrassment of riches out there for them if they want it. I mean, potentially in terms of the deals that can be had. Yeah, with Richardson and Levis, like people saying, okay, I mean, there's a potential for four quarterbacks. I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. But some people think four quarterbacks could go in a row. I don't see it, but others do. As always, you can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the air when we come back. The field is set. Is it the easiest path to the championship? Is it the hardest path to a championship? And how much does it involve a team from this state? We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo.
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona doesn't have to go fast. They do. Maybe. Arizona by two. 16.7 runs. <laughs> Gambo in here pumping his fist. Woo! Here Cody Raby had a shot all game. No, he didn't. Those are the only points he had the whole game. I did a shot all game. Uh, buries the uh, buries the three. The only points uh, he great. had the whole game. Yeah, that uh, was that was a fun game to watch. Uh, really? I didn't watch it live. I recorded it and watched it the next morning. It was very entertaining. Um, there, there seemed like there were a multitude of moments down the stretch of that Pac-12 championship game where you just thought UCLA was going to prevail and they were going to win. But Cordy Ramey hit the big three to Bella's head. He didn't shoot the ball well, but he but he contributed enough. Uh, the defense for UCLA was stifling down the stretch, but U of A ends up getting the win in the Pac-12. They did. U of A's game. defense was really good too. It was a, it was an incredible ending. The game was very. Neither team played that well. They played good defensively, but offensively, it was really bottled up. And U of A beat UCLA last year to win the Pac-12 tournament championship, and they beat them again this year to win the Pac-12 tournament championship. And again, it's crazy that, that they have not lost in Vegas. I mean, they you know they have uh, under uh, Tommy Lloyd, they're undefeated. I think they're nine and zero. In Vegas, but you, you get the three by Ramey. Sixteen seconds left. Tiger Campbell almost loses the ball, then he gets fouled. Like eight U of A fouled him it was crazy. Why would you foul him with like five and a half seconds left? He's a great free throw shooter. He hits the first, misses the second. Tubelis grabs the rebound, gets fouled, makes the first, misses the second, and U of A has this freshman gets a, gets an unbelievable corner three look. Dylan Andrews, Andrews, Dylan Andrews. Wide open corner three for the win, and it and it does, and he misses it, and U of A wins the Pac-12 championship, second year in a row. Nobody's got more Pac-12 championships than U of A. That's eight of them. Nine and zero in Vegas under Tommy Lloyd. Ten and zero going back to 2020, and uh, I think they have seven Pac-12 tournament championships now. The thing that just blows me away, I, I mean. The, the crowd is eighty to ninety percent U of A fans. Mm-hmm. Like it is incredible. The home court advantage they have in Vegas. Like, they are like, that crowd is all U of A. It's incredible to me how well they travel. Well, especially to Vegas in particular. To Vegas I in mean, particular, it's, it's been, yes. It's been, it, which is why when the bracket was announced, okay, we there was obviously no drama with Arizona. We knew they were going to get in. It was just a question of whether they were a two-seed or a three-seed. But the drama was in who was going to be given the number two seed in the West because those games are played in Las Vegas if you're in the Western region. Now, UCLA, despite losing to the Wildcats in the Pac-12 title game, got the number two seed in the West. Yes. That keeps U of A out of Vegas. They can't go there. They're not going there. They're, you know, which would have been a home court advantage. A huge advantage for them. It's basically home court. But if you look at the seedings, Alabama was the number one overall seed. They're the number one seed in U of A's region, which means U of A was the last of the twos, right? U of A was, and I got to imagine, had they not beaten UCLA, Arizona's probably a three today, but because they beat UCLA in that championship, maybe that elevated yeah. them to them or two line. It definitely got them into the two line. Yeah. It definitely got them to the two line. I think they would have been a three, um, but I think gets into the two line and are in the bracket with Alabama, which, and you know, Alabama's the one seed, but man, there's a lot of stuff going on there. One of their players was charged with capital oh, yeah. murder. Oh, They've got two of their other players. One was apparently brought the gun to the scene. Like it's a, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on in Alabama right now. I mean, they're a really good basketball team, but uh, you know, I, I like Houston right now. I like Houston. I think Kansas has a real good chance to. U of A's bracket's pretty good. Like, I think they'll, you know, listen, they're they're flawed. Okay, they're a flawed basketball team. They don't play great defense. They don't shoot the three really well. And Henderson might be better than Creasa, but they play Creasa. Balo's got a broken hand. He heard it against ASU. He's got a broken hand. So they're flawed, but they're really, really talented offensively. I think that uh, I think that they've got a shot to do some damage in that bracket. I think they ended up in a good bracket, even though it's not the West. Alabama is the number one overall seed. Um, Kansas and Houston and Purdue are the other number ones. If you're looking at the seeding of all of this thing. A lot of people were surprised by Houston over Kansas because it keeps Kansas out of Kansas City yes, now. Yeah. Puts Houston in Kansas City and a lot of people, you know, didn't have Bill Self for the Big 12 tournament. They're expected to get him back. But that was one of the big things on Selection Sunday was Kansas not being at Kansas City and how much of a disadvantage that puts him at. I was looking at the odds because, you know, I always look at the odds of this thing. It is one of the most wide open fields we've had in a while. There's no like Houston is the favorite at six to one, Alabama's a little bit behind them. Kansas is a little bit behind them, but between Purdue, UCLA, Arizona, Texas, Gonzaga, UConn, there are a lot of teams kind of in a similar boat when it comes to this year's bracket, which means picking this year's bracket. I think is going to be challenging because I don't think there's one like clear cut absolute best team. Alabama, you mentioned their issues. Houston's best player is hurt, right? He's dealing with a groin injury. If, I know. If memory, yeah. if I remember I right. Kansas has a guy hurt, Kansas too. has a guy hurt. Of course, their coach, he's missed all that time. They're probably, and we haven't had a repeat champion in college basketball since, And what, you can never trust 07. Purdue. You can never trust Purdue. You can never trust Purdue, even with Zach Eady. You can never trust Gonzaga this time of year? They're, they're, they're difficult to trust. You know, they won a championship. I don't think, the, I don't think Gonzaga can win it. Um, you know, UCLA's had that, that terrible loss with Clark out for the year. That really hurts them. UCLA's good. Um, Arizona's got a good, like, if you look at Arizona's path, it's not bad. Like, they have a chance. They do have a chance. Because the, the bracket they're in, I don't know that there's, I, I think that they can win the games if they match the way it, would, it could break, it break for them. I think Houston's great. I think Houston is great. And that's the team that took U of A out last year. They're just so physical, yep. and they play really fast. A lot of people like UConn this year. Mm-hmm. That UConn could be one of those teams that 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 wins it all. I I think Arizona's got a shot. I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the Elite Eight. I would not be surprised if Arizona got to the Elite Eight. I think they're good enough offensively. They just can't like they, they just got to. It kind of hit more free throws, man, because the free throws kill him. Yeah, uh, Marcus Sasser is the leading scorer for Houston. He went out of Saturday's game with a groin, groin injury. injury. So that that's what's maybe the knock on Houston going into this thing. Kansas is very good. Uh, Kansas is very good. Um, Kansas is very good, and and they they'll be a team that you got to fear. So as far as upsets and stuff like that, we'll talk more about that the closer that we get to the tournament did, and when it starts. I was going to ask you, did you think? When 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 Arizona beat you beat Arizona State by nineteen, did you think that that could hurt the Sun Devils' chances? Potentially, yeah. Because we, we texting, talked about we were, and we were texting each other about that on Saturday morning, yeah. right? We if talked I about like right. if they could keep it in single digits. I'm like, well, what happens if that Arizona wins by double digits? And you're like, well, what? like I was like, ten. What if they win by ten or twelve? They won by nineteen. They won by nineteen. Yeah. So they won going away. I now, was, it was close about it. for a while, but then Arizona. 
just kicked their butts in those last five or six minutes. I was worried about it, and and I'll, I'll continue to maintain what I said earlier in the show when talking about ASU. I'm, I'm very glad they got in. They play Wednesday. I think we're going to have the game here on Arizona Sports, so we'll be able to listen to that, see if they advance to play TCU and get over Nevada. I, I, I think for me, the big thing that happened over the weekend was that there were really no bid Steelers out there on Saturday. If there had been, if there had been a conference final where somebody who, like, let's say, let's say Oregon had beat UCLA, and now it's U of A versus Oregon in the Pac-12 and Oregon championship. Steals a now Oregon's a bid stealer, right? They're a bid thief. There weren't really any bid thieves out there on Saturday. So ASU's positioning really didn't change that much from Friday night to Saturday night. They no, were kind of still in the same boat that they were in yeah. once they lost that game to U of A, I thought. Yeah, I think that the win over U of A and the win over USC ultimately put them in. If they didn't beat USC, if they just beat Oregon State and lost to USC, they're not in. They're not in. But I did I did question, like, if U of A beats them up, and they did, U of A beat them by 19, would that hurt the Sun Devils? Would the committee look at that and say, Okay, they got lucky the one time they beat U of A because here they're on a neutral court and they lost by 20. But it didn't hurt ASU. They were able to still get in. Um, and again, I mean, they, 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 what, what you like about ASU is you like that they are pretty good away from home. They're pretty good on the road, really good in neutral site games, and that helped them. And U of A just winning that Pac-12 tournament championship second year in a row, the excitement of that. I mean, that could, that could build for them a little bit. I'm really worried about Balo's hand, though, because if Balo has... If Balo's hand's broken and he can't, you know, do much, that really affects U of A. All right, I do want to remind everybody that at ArizonaSports.com right now, we had Kellen Olson on the show on Friday, and he had promised a big, in-depth feature about Kevin Durant. It is now live on the site at ArizonaSports.com. It's one of the biggest and best things Kellen has done for us, covering the Suns the way he has. I would encourage everybody to go check it out at ArizonaSports.com because it's really, really good. When we come back, we turn our attention back to the Arizona on the Cardinals. We saw what the Bears got for the number one overall pick. And over the weekend, a whole bunch of suggestions about what the Cardinals could get at number three. Well, you're going to want to hear some of these because some of these will intrigue you next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We were all together here on the Burns and Gambo show. It was Friday afternoon, and about halfway, two-thirds of the way through our show on Friday, the big news dropped. Chicago Bears trading the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers for number nine and a second rounder and a future first and a future second. And DJ Moore's huge deal, right? And, and obviously everything, all the attention of the draft shifted to, one, who Carolina was going to take number one. And the, the, the speculation was and continues to be C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. But more than that for us locally, what the Arizona Cardinals now do with number three and what options they have in front of them in number three. And the mocks already started coming in, Gambo, and they are intriguing to say the least. Which one do you want to start with? The one where they move to fourth or the one where they move to fifth? Your I call. Think is it? Is there two where they moved to four? Uh, what was there one from you where they moved yeah, to four? Okay. CBS Sports. Okay, I so didn't two see, of them. I forgot about that one. Two so of one, them had the dream scenario. Start with yours from CBS Sports that has them going okay. to four because I don't have that one it's, in front of it's me. It's the scenario that I think everybody would sign up for right now. If, if, if I told you that the Cardinals could move down one spot, still get Will Anderson, the dominant pass rusher, and add more to the package, you would. That, that's everybody would sign up for that. So the CBS mock draft. 
And you follow trends with these things, right? They're not the be all end all, but they've got they've got Indianapolis moving up to get Will Levis. The, with the third pick, the quarterback out of Kentucky, and they've got Arizona taking Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Bama, with the fourth pick. So they that's the trade that they have. Now, I don't know what the details are on that one, but that's what they're saying. It's in like, terms of what the Colts are giving up to yeah, move up one spot. Yeah, because yeah. I think it, it doesn't really go into it. The, it doesn't go into all of the details like here's what they because it has a bunch of trades. But they, you know, obviously that's that's the trade. They, oh, here's here's what it is. The Cardinals would get Pick number four and pick number 164 and then a 24 second round pick. So that's what they would have in the okay. in there. So, so the they fourth get pick 164, which is I think what the fourth fifth rounder? round, fourth, fourth round, or fifth, fifth round, round, something like that. Well, it's got to be fifth. Yeah, it's got to be fifth. And then a second round pick in 2024. Okay? Second rounder in 2024. All right, I got a couple here. Okay, uh, including one from the 33rd team website that also has the Cardinals moving down to number four. They have the Colts moving up to take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. Okay, one for Levis, one for Richardson. Okay, and they. They have the Colts giving up very simple transaction. Colts move up one spot and they give up their second round pick number thirty five overall this year to do it. Okay, so the Cardinals get four and thirty five. I would rather have the second rounder this year than the CBS saying here's a fifth and a second next year. I agree because the second this year, I know it's already one of the top picks in the second round. Yeah. I already know that. I don't want to take the, the gamble that Indianapolis is a five hundred team next year. We really can't be 500 anymore. But say they're 8, 9, you know, and all of a sudden that mean. pick is 10 picks later than this pick right now. Okay, then there was an athletic mock draft. And this one to me just pops off the page okay. because I just, I don't know if this could possibly happen or not. Okay, but but bear with me on this one. Carolina takes C.J. Stroud, number one. Bryce Young goes number two to Houston. Seattle makes an in-division trade no with way. the Arizona Cardinals. Moves up from 5 to 3. Takes Anthony Richardson. The Cardinals fall to five, but banking on the idea that it's going to go quarterback, 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 quarterback. They still get Will Anderson at number five. Now, you say no way, and it's resonating with me for two reasons. Number one, I don't know if Seattle and Arizona would trade. And number two, they just signed Geno. Are you so sure it's going to go quarterback, 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 one through four? No, I'd bet a car payment it's not going to go like that. Four quarterbacks in a row. No, I don't think so. Now, I don't think, we might disagree on this one. I don't think them re-signing Geno means the Seahawks necessarily out no, they could the quarterback. Because it could be a two-year deal with Geno. It could be a one-year deal with Geno, right, I so think, you if they really it, wanted yeah. it to be. Um, you, you, could, you could absolutely get a guy and sit him for a year and, or, or even two and make him your guy. I would, I, would, I would kind of agree with and that. And you've always said... Like if that's the best deal, take the deal. Don't it doesn't matter if you're dealing with a division rival. There's just something about the Cardinals acquiescing to the Seahawks and saying, "Okay, go up to number three and get your franchise quarterback." Because if that's the next Russell Wilson that they've just drafted, you're going to facilitate the Seahawks getting the next Russell Wilson who might torture you for the next ten years. I just, I just don't know if that's a smart play. And it's just a projection and it's just a mock yeah. draft. It's and the idea that you could go to five and get Will Anderson. Do you? really want to take that chance if you're the Cardinals, I'd feel much more comfortable with them moving to four. Just to four. Much That's a perfect scenario just to move to make that deal with Indianapolis, 
still get your guy and add a second round pick. Like it, you couldn't, it couldn't work out any better for the Cardinals. You got to bluff in, you know, Indianapolis. I, you might have to bluff him into thinking that other people are going to come up because if they think you're going to take Anderson and they're convinced you're going to take Anderson, they might not give up the second round pick and stay where they are. Now the other thing is that you're only if you if they really think the same on Richardson and Levis, then it could stay where they are and just take the other one without giving up a second round pick. That's kind of scary too. So they would have to value one of those two yes. guys way above the other one to move up. And we talked about that extensively on Friday. That's the key to the whole deal here for the Cardinals moving down one spot. The Colts have to love one of those guys. Absolutely love one of those guys. If they like both of them or they're in love with both of them, it doesn't matter to them which one is there. I can't imagine it doesn't matter. Yeah. I gotta think it matters, right? But if if truly we live in this world where it doesn't matter to them, they're happy to just get Richardson or Levis, well then you're screwed. You, you gotta fall in love with one of them and not think the other one is that good. You would think. Alright, and then there's this. And I, I of all the things I saw this weekend, I think this was the one I love the most. Somebody over at CBSSports.com, probably the same guy who did the mock draft that you found, figured out using sort of an updated version of the Jimmy Johnson trade chart. Oh, this was good. What the Cardinals could expect yeah. in terms of a trade down from With, every team that might be looking to move up to get a quarterback. This was good. You ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned the Colts already and the mock draft that you brought up, and they have the exact same terms here. Colts get number three. The Cardinals get number four. Number 164, which is a fifth rounder, by the way, I looked it up, and a 2024 second. So the Cardinals would get the fourth that, pick. That's probably in line. That's exactly that's in line exactly with what the lock was. was. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. The Raiders. Now, the Raiders just signed Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I think you take them out. Maybe this eliminates them from conversation. Let's say it doesn't, okay. hypothetically. Raiders could get the number three pick. The Cardinals could get 771 and a first rounder next year. A first rounder next year. Uh huh. Because you, you're going down a little further. The further you go down from yeah, where you yeah, were, the more, the more they got to pay. Get. Right. The more they got to pay. I get it. That's intriguing. So 771, which is a high third rounder. All right. That's like the f- sixth pick of the third round. All right. Okay. So there's that one. Let's do another one. How about the Atlanta Falcons? They need a quarterback. They, they do need a quarterback. Up. They're sitting at number eight right now in the draft. I think they do. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> well, they don't, want, they don't want Lamar. <laughs> they don't, they want, don't Lamar. want Lamar. They don't want Lamar, but it ain't Desmond Ritter. They don't want Ritter. a guy that's won an MVP. No, we don't want him. Falcons would get number three. The Cardinals would get number eight, <clears throat> number 76, number 114, and a first rounder next year. Yeah, no, let me not sign Lamar Jackson and give up all of my draft inventory to the Cardinals to, to draft some guy who's un, 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 unknown. <laughs> I gotta, like, do you see like how crazy that is? Yes. What do they have to give up? Two first-round picks. Two first-round picks. Right. A high third and a fourth, I think. Two first-rounders, a third and a fourth for a guy who's never played a game in the NFL. Or you could just go, you know, just go get the... Go try to get Lamar Jackson. The MVP from three yeah. years ago. Try to and a for Lamar Jackson. nature in the NFL. Right. Yeah, right? Like, like, like think maybe maybe we're overthinking this one a little bit, Atlanta. Maybe just a little bit. Crazy. Right? I crazy. Know. It is absolutely I'd rather nuts. trade for Lamar. Anyway, we'll see. The, the Cardinals, one thing's for sure after what happened on Friday. The Cardinals are in a position of great power. Or I make them an offer that they can't match. Or they make him in the yeah. Here's an offer you can't match. I'm going to kill your cap. I'm going to front load it with I'm the cap. Front load it. You, you kills can't it. Can't match it. I get him. I'm trying to give you anything. You don't get anything. Yep. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, and just like that, 
It's four o'clock, which what? means it's time to get you caught up on the four o'clock reset and everything going on in sports. Good night. Oh, that's, no, it's, no, four, it's, o'clock. No, it's okay. four o'clock, not six o'clock. That's next. Burns and Gambo.